Garage Logic Podcast number 65, December 18th, 2019. It was 24 below on this day in downtown Garage Logic in 1983. Mm. But back in 1923, uh, that was a couple of years after the NAC Hardware and Lounge opened. It was 55 degrees Ooh. on the uh, thermometer on the Common, Surfa Common Surface Savings and Loan Bank. 55. We're brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Stores. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Hiya, 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 hiya. I don't know where you're listening to us, where you are in the world. And I don't know what the temperature is supposed to be. But, man, are we having a lovely stretch of weather for December. Yes, we are. And to think that we're heading, uh, as a charter uh, founder of the uh, Royal Order of the 21sters, to think we're heading to spring as soon as this Friday, when That's... we'll all be at Summit Brewing for a big to-do. Uh, and I, I really haven't – I've underplayed this, and if you're lucky enough – to be there, uh, you'll be uh, you'll be pleased. If you're not lucky enough, then you need to go down there on Highway 61 in Newport. Tanucci's is dropping off some goodies for people, and uh, you know, I just one thing I want to say about the Tanucci family. Remember, they were my first ad I ever did. I'm Was that right? Way back in about 1998, and the ads went on for they'll bring the five six you. minutes, and they uh, <laughs> they were very patient with me as a budding broadcaster, but. Uh, and they've been with Garage Logic. The late great Louis Tanucci, uh, who started it all, was a huge Garage Logician yes, fan, yes, as well was. as Mark, John, yeah. Gus, and the their spouses and family. Great so. family-run restaurant. They will be there yeah. at the Summit Brewery on the twenty-first. And really quick, Mister Mayor. Uh, so we sent out the email. Really trying to really trying to start the show. I know four five nine. Uh, what is it? GL eleven. Uh, we. That's, their, that's their phone number at Tanucci's. Oh. How do you know their number? I did their off because I order there all the may, time. May we, may we continue, please? So please. Uh, I just yes, Wednesday out, night is burger night. That's right. And two fifty in the deli per burger. We sent out the email to the lucky GLers that'll be joining us, and uh, we we may have created a, a monster. Yeah, we're gonna have to <laughs> a lot of people that are be fired a up. Thing now. Uh, <laughs> this event. Sorry to say. So why well, when we took the on air show on the road, it wasn't that big of a deal. This is fun. Come on, this we're, is we're a smashing I told you. success. Did you get a? Did you make sure John had a ticket? Big John. Yes, we all got right. Big John taken care of. Uh, you're a pioneer. This is all new, brah. Mm -hmm. and I Greg, know, you know, you're, you know, there's a Shaq podcast and Adam Carolla, but locally here, you know, Bernard podcast is successful, but you are, you're, you're extremely successful. I'm the man, the aren't I? Yes, I'm the you man. are. I'm the man. So take credit for two seconds. Greg Why don't Holcomb you be quiet? will also be on site. Well, on I would Friday. hope so. He's the artist yeah. in residence. Let's get this out of the way right away. Right. A frequent off-site contributor, garage logician, veteran, and recipient of the status of Great Living American by the Honorable Joe Souchere, Barry Shockle, sends me the following. Uh, add Michael Bloomberg to the list of people who cannot lecture us. And uh, Shockle alerted me or uh, linked me to a story. Honest to God, these people have nothing. Mayor Michael Bloomberg flew giant blocks of ice to London on a private plane to demonstrate climate change. That's what Steger did. 
The blocks of ice melt in London's warmer weather, as ice is wont to do when the temperature uh, hovers above freezing. Will Steger uh, came to us at the State Fair one year and dumped a block of ice onto the lawn in front of our uh, broadcast yeah. stage. And, and I, I was very puzzled as to what he was attempting to prove, uh, considering the fact that it was August. Uh, there was a fighting chance that ice was going to melt. Right. This and is not science. This is morons. Bloomberg timed the ice display to coincide with a U.N. international colloquium on climate change held earlier this month in Poland. Uh, okay, I have a number of comments. I mean, comments what did he think was going to happen to the ice? I have a number of comments to make about this. Mm. Uh, there's just one problem, or at least one major irony. The ice chunks had to be flown from Greenland to London using specially designed devices. Once in London, they were dropped and arranged in a circular garden, but not before Bloomberg and his colleagues spent thousands and emitted thousands of pounds of carbon dioxide into the atmosphere, getting the chunks from one place to another. According to myclimate.org, which can help frequent travelers calculate exactly how much CO2 they're releasing into the atmosphere with each trip. I'm not worried about that, by the way. Uh, one one-way trip from Nuuk, Greenland, to Heathrow Airport in London uh, shot out. You know what it did? It probably spewed. Spewed. 1.2 <laughs> metric tons of carbon. Uh, but but for one single passenger flying in economy class, a plane carrying a 1,000-pound ice chunk emits much more. Bloomberg hauled 24 blocks of ice from Greenland to uh, London. It's foolish. Well, I have a couple of questions. Uh, one, it doesn't prove anything. Uh, ice melts at above 32 degrees. No matter what. And two, they don't have ice in, in London? You can't find any ice in London. You can't find a refrigeration service and call them up and say, could you, uh, uh, I have a silly display I want to accomplish. I want to show people that ice melts because people probably don't know that. Uh, could you provide me some ice? Right. We're going to put it in Piccadilly Circus or wherever. Send the ice it. man with his ice tongs. Send the ice tongs yeah. over. Uh, this is all you got, Bloomberg? <clears throat> it's pretty lame. He, you can't lecture me. And a number, I said I wanted to get this out of the way, so I'll put this over here. A number of, remember I was talking yesterday about how I would dearly love to talk to Neil Young. And it turns out that my friend trying to set this up is telling me not to hold my breath. Okay. Uh, because Neil Young is uh, notoriously on board with the Al Gore crowd. And I, I find that amusing because he'll, uh, Neil Young travels the world and— uh, has multiple homes and and uh, and a number of emailers alerted me to a piece done by the Calgary Herald in 2014 when he was performing in Calgary and let's see here while Neil Young spoke to a Calgary news conference at the Jack Singer Concert Hall prior to a Sunday night show, five rock star style motorhomes were left running outside. What were they doing? Spewing. They were spewing fumes <laughs> into the Calgary air, even though they were unoccupied. Inside the concert hall, the then 68-year-old rock and roll legend was talking about the elephant in the room, which he later explained was man-made global warming. The only elephant I could see, the, this is a columnist writing this, was his enormous carbon footprint and his even bigger hypocrisy between his walk and his talk. Oh, his talk is righteous, all right. His walk, however, remains an abomination. Calgary was the last stop on Young's four-city tour. 
uh, I think he was touring on behalf of raising money for the Athabasca Chippewayan First Nation. Okay. Good cause. Uh, which is suing the federal government and Shell Canada in an effort to stop Shell's Jack Pine Mine expansion proposal in northern Alberta. Uh, the first uh, question Young was asked was, does he ever fly on private planes? Yes, I do fly on private jets, said the 68-year-old Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. Sometimes I have to brush shoulders with oil executives, he said, his face screwing up in distaste. Okay. What is that? He lost me there. Because he has to, he's so important to the environment that he needs to hop on the private plane to fly to see the executives? Yeah, he has to. He says he has to fly on oh, okay. the, on, sometimes on private jets because that's how he has to get get to his job. Oh. Okay, that's fine, Neil. I think you should too, but you don't get to lecture me. Right. Let's face it. Let let's everybody everybody who's a true believer and has somehow mistakenly uh, tuned in this podcast. <laughs> let me let me let me tell you something. And my fellows here will corroborate this. I do not deny that the climate changes. That's not what I'm denying. The climate has always changed and always will. What I deny are the efforts uh, to turn this into a political means of creating more revenue streams for governments the world over. It's B as in B, S as in S. And if Neil Young plants a tree because he flies to London, that does nothing for the environment. Right. Let's, let's, let's get down to brass tacks here and all face something. Who's the one guy in the world that we're aware of who can lecture us? Pedro Luca. Pedro Luca. And why is that, Matt? You've attended the University of Garage Logic now for some time. Why is it that Pedro Luca can lecture us? Neil, Neil Young can't. Will Steger can't. Michael Bloomberg can't. Al Gore can't. None of them. None of us can. None of us. Me, none you, of us. anyone. None of us. But why can Pedro Luca? He's, uh, his uh, carbon footprint is basically zero. Zero. He lives in a cave yep. in Argentina. Mm -hmm. he, he uses no fossil fuels. Right. He, he gets his water from the stream, and he forages for food. Sometimes the locals give him food. Right. Sometimes they even give him a ride into town. Right. But, but Pedro doesn't, doesn't own any means of transportation. He's not flying on a fancy jet. He doesn't have electricity. He has no appliances. He has no air conditioning. He has no furnace. He has no car. He has no computer. He has, no, he has, he has nothing. Well, he has a cartoon. Remember, Holcomb drew him. Yeah. Yeah. Pedro Luca. But let's face it. No one can lecture anyone about this. We all lead the same lives. We're all terribly dependent on fossil fuels, which are a miracle. At least admit that you're a hypocrite. Uh, don't, don't hide behind, well, I need to, to meet the oil executives if you're Neil Young. At, at least... He didn't say he needed to meet them. He, with distaste, he said he probably had to sometimes share a private plane with them. Oh, what was fueling the plane, Neil? The, only one the kind product of produced by the evil oil executives. Right. Then don't fly the damn thing. No one, outside of Pedro Luca, and I'm being very serious. No one. Beyonce and Jay Z is Jay Z her guy? Yep. Uh, yes. Yeah. They're they're uh, they're 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 among the lecturers. They can't lecture us. Who was it? Was it Streisand? Streisand can't lecture. Isn't us. she the one that had the only green lawn? Well, that all... has to do with water. She violated California's <laughs> yeah, right. water rights. Yeah, that was great. Her, her lawn was green while everything else was brown. <laughs> no one can lecture us. No one can lecture anybody, unless you're Pedro Luca. 
So shut the hell up, Bloomberg. Enjoy your billions of dollars. Fly to your estates in your yes, private jet. Yes, that's what I would do. God bless you. Have fun. Neil, Neil, I love you. I love your music. I always have. But you don't get to lecture me. You're a hypocrite. Unless you want to find a cave in the in in Big Sur where he has one of his homes. Mm. Uh, you got more than one? Oh, I mentioned Beyonce and Jay-Z. I swear to God. They they probably use enough electricity that and I'm not I'm being serious to power a small town in Nebraska, and yet they're on board as the popular yeah, lecturer. No one gets to lecture anybody. Every lecturer is by definition false. Outside of Pedro Luca, who probably doesn't even know what global warming is, right? Because he hasn't read a newspaper. I wanted to, I wanted to get that segment of the show out of the way. It's in, it's infuriating, and, and I'm not going to hold my breath that we'll ever get Neil Young. And I'm prepared to have a wonderful discussion with Neil Young. But if that's what he's hung up on, if he wants to come in and bitch about oil executives, uh, I'd be more than willing to to let him. But I'm uh, sure as hell going to ask him, "How'd you get here?" It'd be fun if you walked out right there. So this interview's over. Well, okay, that, dummy. Well, that's he he doesn't need any publicity. He needs something to do. He's terribly excited. But he's going to be here in January, I think, for four days. Three nights and four days. I hope Come he, on over. And I hope he tunes in the podcast prior to that. I doubt it. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. You never know who's listening. But let's let's make that our new awareness, our new realization. No one who hectors anyone else about this is entitled to. They do not have the bona fides. They don't have the credentials. Al Gore doesn't. No. Remember his place. He's not in that. He's not in one of those small homes. He'd and I'm any. all, have any home you want. Just don't, you don't get to lecture people. You are a hypocrite. <laughs> this is, it's the clearest definition of hypocrisy we can find in modern culture. To have celebrities and rock stars lecture us about the use of petroleum. They, not to mention... When the rock star gets to a venue and plugs in all the stuff, how do you? What do you think powers that? Right. That's called electricity. Right. How is these electricity generated? What is guys. these? What is these electricity? They got guys that put it all together, but it's you know fossil fuels and things, coal, mm -hmm. natural gas, technology and stuff. Yeah, technology, technology and stuff. And stuff. All right. So only. Only Pedro Lucas. Say, uh, are you going to be out and about shopping in this wonderful weather? Got a couple of things to finish up, yeah. You got to get to the Minnesotan in White Bear, downtown Ooh. White Bear, right in the heart of White Bear. I got news uh, for you. I already was this weekend. Isn't it fantastic? Two days in a row we went. We went back the next day. Vintage shirts, hats, T-shirts, memorabilia celebrating Minnesota and the Twin Cities, all your favorite landmarks and institutions. Big Island, the Arcola Bridge, the St. Paul Vulcans. If you're from Minnesota, are you going to shop for, for somebody? from Minnesota. Mm -hmm. You should visit the Minnesotan. Uh, gift packaging and nationwide deliveries available. They're right in downtown White Bear on 4th and Banning or visit them online at theminnesotan.com. Now get this. Yep. It's really, it really pays to be a GLer. Oh, so? You can save 20% simply entering the code GarageLogic at checkout online or just mention you're a GLer if you're in the store. The Minnesotan is downtown White Bear Lake or theminnesotan.com. You know, one other good thing about that yeah. is if you have a, a, a fan that was a, a, a somebody you're buying for that was a North Star fan, yeah. yes, they've got all things Met Center, but they also have a great shirt 
uh, Thunderbird Motel. Really? That's kind of off I didn't the see be- that one. That's off the beaten path because everybody's going to do a Met Center tribute to Met Center. Wasn't that Royce's hotel? <clears throat> well, the Thunderbird was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's where, as a high schooler or a college kid, that New Year's Eve that the stars would play, mm-hmm. you'd go over there after and you'd you wouldn't have to drive. Let's How about a Lake Calhoun way. shirt? Yes, the real Lake Calhoun. The real Lake Memorial Stadium, Big Island, Northeast Minneapolis. Yes. What's the a, website? Uh, TheMinnesotan.com. more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Suchere. You know, it occurs to me that uh, Michael Bloomberg, former mayor of New York, uh, he deserves a groin kicking for using a private jet to fly ice from Greenland to London in order to demonstrate to people that, yes, ice actually melts. Uh, Groin kick him. That deserves this. See on that. Okay, now I bring it. Oh, ouch. He's a billionaire. Give him another one. Oh, oh, right in the swimsuit. Yeah, the little moan. All right, here's why I bring that up. I've been getting many emails from people reminding me that I promised that at the end of the year we'd have the groinies. That's right. The first ever groinies, the the groin kicking awards. Uh, We have to add Bloomberg to the the menu. If I uh, tell you tomorrow, Rook, uh, all of the uh, groin kicks we had this year, Got him right up here. Okay, here's my question. Yeah. Wouldn't maybe the Groin Kick Awards, maybe that would be fun to do Friday at uh, Summit? Hello, anyone? Staff? Uh, or can't we, don't we have our well, uh, ability to use the sound? Here's why it might be difficult. Mm. Hold on, mm. Mr. Badwaiter. Roski, mm. you pull this now. Well, well number one, we're not going to have sound out there. That ought to be fun for my guy to process. Uh, how you doing? You know, normally we would have somebody here back at the studio because we're broadcasting uh, on the airwaves. It's, it's it's an adjustment for us all, Mr. Mayor. Um, I how about we do, because, you know, because, because uh, the following week, uh, we'll, nobody will be around, basically. Right. What if we do the groinies this Thursday, day after tomorrow? Hey. I like that idea. Huh? That's, That's not bad. Or or if you want to wait till the year is complete, we could begin 2019 with the groinies. Whenever the first show we do in the new year. That would be... The second or the third? What the it, fourth. It, the fourth. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see. Yeah, Tuesday's the first, Wednesday the second, Thursday the third. No, I'm sorry, the third. We could do them January 3rd. It's up to you, but I we, we could do that. That way the year is complete. Because who knows? Know. Something what, could happen. What happens on New Year's Eve? Who's going to go on Ryan uh, Seacrest's yes. New Year's Eve, and they might say, uh, the environment. Plus, it would give you time, God help me, hey, 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 this hey, could actually wait happen. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, you sounds like some extra work is going to be involved here. Well, it would give you time to prepare a little production to go along with the actual groin kick sounder. Oh, man. I will spare no expense. You'll let me down, aren't you? No, I won't. I, not, I won't let you down in two, the last day of 2000. Nope. Uh, 18? Nope. When is it? Yep. Well, we'll be into, well into 2019. January 3rd. Yeah. We could do the groinies. Can you do me a the favor? The 2018 groinies. Yeah. Will you do me a favor? Depends. Uh, like Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, could you just send me a couple of reminders? It might slip my mind. That's going to be a tough No, week. I'm going to write it That's down. That's going to be a tough week of 
for all of us. Yeah. I should be detoxed out by then. Daddy's got to get one more. Right. Don't sass. Don't sass. Right. We're on that. No, I will. We'll uh, hold on. So what? I'm making a note. Do you want to do it Thursday, January? I'll either do it this Thursday, or we can wait till Thursday, January third. I vote Thursday, January third. I think that would be great. And the reason we can't do them Friday is we just don't have the technical ability. It, it will be a different sounding show mm-hmm. in that we're basically going to start talking without bumps, without all, any of that stuff. Because mm-hmm. it's 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 all about capturing the ambiance right. and the festive nature of, yeah, this of is the event, and that's why it would require some production, some you know, yes, red carpet type stuff, exactly, right, which we can't convey at on location at Summit. Okay, January third, I want to make a note of this, or the Groinies. Mm-hmm. That's a Thursday. Mm-hmm. That'll be our first show of the new year, and then and then we have to wait a a bit to have the second show of the new year. Right. Because I'll be unavailable. Right. You got to think. But you know, at this time of year, you people hey, take a little hiatus. We're gone. Yeah. We do stuff. Slip away for a little bit. What are you going to do? Clean out the garage, you know? No, I'm thinking of something warmer than that. I got you. Yeah. I got you. Heated garage. Although, uh, the way this weather's going, you really don't need to get away too urgently, do we? It really is. Uh, you know what it is? It's really nice. I know. It I makes, doubt we're going to have a white Christmas. I mean, I, it doesn't make any sense to give Dave Bliss and Sophia Bulgaria the local temperature, but just for the hell of it, you know what it is right now? What? Uh, 38? 43. Wow. Right now, 43. Okay. 43 locally here where the podcast originates. We're getting our melt on. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, uh, when we come back, I got to tell you about, uh, and, and uh, Barry Shackle alerted me to this too. Uh, I saw this story on various news sites. I have to alert you uh, to what's uh, up with the latest uh, in the failed academy. Joe Souchere here for Federated Insurance. I'm not a math guy, but there's some numbers you need to know. 2,440,000 injured and 35,092 dead on our nation's highways. Those are National Safety Council numbers from 2015. Federated Insurance reminds us that these are much more than statistics. These are family members, friends, and neighbors. Distracted driving continues to be an epidemic, but unfortunately, it's not the only factor. It could happen like this. A driver passes the same vehicle several times with frustration mounting the driver passes the vehicle again but loses control while trying to change lanes the vehicle rolls several times killing the driver two other passengers and injuring three others ask yourself do you get anxious when you drive do you yell or honk at other drivers that make you angry do you retaliate to get even the national safety council reports that aggressive driving plays a role in 56 percent of fatal crashes don't become a statistic at federated mutual insurance company it's their business to protect yours please make it home safely today. Guys, has the lack of the knack put your neck in a noose? Save yourself. Put hers in a necklace from Knackless. Announcing the grand opening of Knackless Jewelers for guys who have no business going in and need help getting out. Face it, most guys don't realize they're too far in until they're facing the look. Knackless Jewelers can help you get out alive, even after major moron chip failures like... Hey, no problem, honey. I'll remodel the kitchen myself. Or... I know my Harley's in the living room. I need it someplace warm to fix an oil leak. So stop at Knack Hardware when you're planning to go in, but run to Knackless Jewelers when you need to get out. Or sign up for the grand opening special, our unique look protection program. 
For a monthly fee, you can call us day or night when you really botch it up. We'll grab something guaranteed to deflect the look and rush it to your house. And our invoice will show only the price you told her you paid. Knackless Jewelers, stop in and get acquainted before you need to. Now opening Garage Logic on Rookie Way next to the Knack Hardware and Lounge. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe's Barry Shackle writes, Just when I thought I had heard it all, I saw this. Delivery robot bursts into flames at UC Berkeley. What? I thought, okay, no problem, until the next line read, UC Berkeley students describing the robot as a hero and a legend expressed their grief on Facebook as news of a fallen Kiwi bot reached the campus community. Wait, it gets worse. Students have called for a moment of silence and held a vigil. I would ask rhetorically how stupid do these people have to be to not only say this, but to believe it. I know the horse has left the barn when that question has been well established on multiple occasions. These are the very people who would celebrate a cop's death or a conservative's death. What are we to expect for a tolerant political party and intellectual fools? Uh, You know, I think what's happening is that many listeners uh, are developing a symbiotic relationship with our thinking on Garage Logic. I saw this story, and I meant to get to it yesterday, but we, we had too many interviews. Ran out of time, right. Delivery robot bursts into flames at UC Berkeley. This is from San Francisco Gate. Uh, about 2 p.m. last Friday, a Kiwi bot, one of the more than 100 robots that deliver food throughout the campus and city, caught fire outside the Martin Luther King Jr. Student Union. Mm. According to Sasha... Iatsenia, head of product at Kiwi, the company is still working with UCPD uh, to investigate the cause of the fire. Nothing like this has ever happened before, Iatsenia said. UCPD, what's that, University of California Police Department? Sure. Uh, could not be reached for comment. Footage from the scene shows one person putting out the flames with a fire extinguisher. The fire drew a small crowd of curious onlookers in videos of a slowly blackening Kiwi bot were soon thereafter uploaded to Facebook's Overheard at UC Berkeley page. All right. So they're going to share it, okay? Yeah. Uh, Garnering more than uh, uh, 300 reactions and more than 90 comments within an hour of uploading, the video of the robot in flames made waves. Students have called for a moment of silence, suggesting final weeks, finals week may have finally gotten to the robot as well. While the Kiwi bot may have been scorched, Iatsenia assured the Daily Californian that it was not delivering a meal when it caught fire, so no one uh, saw their order lost. Ah, very important piece of information when it's food-based. There's a memorial for this thing. I'm looking at the picture of it. (laughs) Candles, flowers. What the hell? A robot. Or what did you say? A kiwi bot? Kiwi bot. I don't know. I don't know what, I don't that, know what that means. <clears throat> I gotta see the photo. I have not explored the world of AI, artificial intelligence. Ah, mm-hmm. The only AI you knew played for the 76ers. That's right. AI, AI, AI. is AI. Right. <laughs> kiwi bot. There's a memorial for a robot. Oh my god. We're what in what such is wrong? Trouble. We This is at Berkeley. <laughs> Yeah, there's a guy. You see the pictures? There's candles. 
That guy's putting it out with a fire extinguisher. Yeah, then, then, then the next be picture's a bit. Come on. Uh, maybe, maybe. Do you, do you, I don't think so. I don't think it is. I think these kids are humorless. I do too. I think they're humorless. I don't think it's a bit. I think it's legit. I think. I mean, for real. And how about the the, real? the real? executive at the company who said, "Hey, hey, hey, don't worry though. Nobody lost their food order. Right, right. We, we got that taken care of." So a candlelight vigil for a robot. When you're a college student, you you got a lot going on. It's a fun time of your life. I get all that. You're in debt. You have no money. But you know, it's hey, uh, I'm gonna head down to the. Uh, Wow. Hey, you going to the vigil? For the robot. Uh, you uh, you think you want to come down with me? Vote of candles that. around a tree. Well, it's not buried there. It was just a location. Fail. <laughs> Fail. I printed a story that didn't print. Huh, that's weird. I did it. Just a minute. Uh, no. Uh, I don't know what made me think of this. I was listening uh, to an interview with Paul McCartney the other day. Mm. Howard Stern was interviewing him. What's all this? And uh, when Stern wants to, he can be a really great interviewer. Mm. When he gets away from the tawdry nonsense. Right. And, you know, so if he's got somebody like, and today he had Norm MacDonald. Oh, he did. And and, and when he gets away from his, his uh, filth, which is, that's all I can describe it as. I don't need it in my life. I don't like to listen to it. But but he can get he can get Paul McCartney, and it was fascinating. This Talk, seems like when he would be truly interested in what this person, uh, how they live their life, or what yes. their success is. And and uh, McCartney told a story that I just find charming as hell. Uh, he's about twenty four years old. He and Lennon are at the height of their songwriting. They've okay. written about three hundred songs. Yeah. And one day there's a knock at McCartney's door, his house, and there was a bearded. Uh, seemingly homeless kid, homeless young guy. Mm-hmm. And McCartney said uh, that the guy t- said to him, I'm Jesus. Oh. And McCartney, for some reason, instantly said, well, you better come in then. Brought the guy into his house. <clears throat> and, and McCartney said, look, I've got some work to do today. We have a recording session. Why do you come with me? Wow. Well, listen, he gets to the studio. <laughs> he brings this guy in. And he, out of the corner of his mouth, he's telling Ringo and Lennon and Harrison, guy says he's Jesus. I'm not taking any chances. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> he said, I'm not taking, I'm any, taking chances. any chances. Welcome nice. aboard. And the, other, and the other guys are saying, well, fine, but he's got to sit over in the corner and not say like anything. You would, like you would say, fine, but he's got to be over him. there. You got to right. sit in the corner. I can't see him. But I love the fact that McCartney thought, because McCartney had the wisdom to tell Stern, who is essentially a non-believer, which is neither here nor there, but McCartney was essentially admitting that, you know, Jesus could be anyone. Right. And I'm not taking a chance. I'm not going to risk it. I'm not taking the risk. That's a look. Uh, that's the first part. <laughs> yeah. And we'll see what happens. I'm showing confidence take... to come right. to my door. Yeah. Right. I'm not taking <laughs> I'm a chance Lord. that this isn't him. Right. <laughs> so I'm taking him with me. <laughs> I'll th- give you a ride. I think he made a wise choice. And the reason found- I brought that up, the story I printed out that didn't print was that some guy named Jesus... Burned a church in England, and uh, that's what oh, reminded me of. Okay, it. yeah. You know, you mentioned Stern. Um, did you guys see the mugshot of Artie Lang? Yes. No. Oh. Yep. That's a that's a glamour shot of don't do drugs, kids. Yep. Yeah, he had the bad looking breather. He's got the he had the crushing. Horse. He's got the old uh, 
Booger Sugar knows. Mm-hmm. I feel bad because he was mm-hmm. really funny. You know, there's a lesson there in that McCartney story. What? If somebody comes up to you and says, I'm Jesus, you got to weigh your options. Boy, you'd really want to figure it out. <laughs> you got yeah. you got to stop to think for a minute. Hold on here. Let me think about this. Check this out. All right. You mean to tell I'm me. I'm going to just be doing a podcast today, <laughs> Jesus, but you're welcome to sit there, I guess, if if that's what you want. What happened to the dude's nose? And I'd have to tell you guys, the reason he's here is I'm not taking any chances. Right. We're going to sit down and interview. What's up with that wedding at Cana? What what happened? <laughs> how did you how did you was it a cabernet, a red blend or a merlot? What do you got? You know, every time I think that you're hearing great things about these famous celebrities, ultimately the balloon bursts. Uh but I do I have heard nothing but really good stuff about McCartney. Do you ever did you guys ever hear the hitchhiker story? I think he went through a period where he's living with his young family in Scotland. He had the big farm in Scotland. Yep. And he picks up a hitchhiker just for the hell of it. Yeah. He picked him up. And uh, the, the hitchhiker knew he was Paul McCartney, but McCartney was just a guy. So where do you, where do you need to be dropped off? McCartney's always uh, pictured on the tube in London, just reading the paper, taking the train somewhere. Right, right. He's trying to have a normal life. Are you guys aware of the Charles Barkley story? Oh, it's a terrible story. It's a great story. Is this the one about his mom's funeral? Well, it's the story about how a Barkley and a Chinese yes. American. I did not hear this. Uh, a, a Chinese American chemist from Iowa who uh, worked on products like cat food and whatever. He was a PhD. Mm-hmm. Well, one day, this uh, chemist from Iowa was in a bar in California, and the only other guy in the bar was Barkley. Mm. And the guy was a basketball fan. So he struck up a conversation with Barkley. And as Barkley tells it, the next thing you know, it's time to eat. So we went and had dinner. <laughs> and then, and they, I'll make a long story short. You can find it on the interwebs. Uh, Barkley and this guy became close, close friends. Really? And when Barkley's mother died yep. in Leeds, Alabama, I, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the name of the, uh, the fellow in Iowa. <laughs> Uh, rookie, you could look yep. that up and get it for me. When Bark- Barkley was raised by his mother and his grandmother, his father left home apparently early in Charles' life. And uh, this guy from Iowa showed up. Lin Wang. Lin Wang showed up at, at, at Barkley's mother's funeral and then had dinner with the family. Wow. Years go by. Okay. What's his name, Wang? Uh, Lin Wang. Lin died. Barkley shows up in Iowa. Come on. And said, I never got to know all you people, but that's who we talked about were you and your brother, meaning uh, Wang's uh, kids. It's just a, it's, Barkley wasn't seeking any attention with this no. story. The story was written by the daughter of Lee Wang. And uh, as as a chief offsite correspondent, uh, Kelsey noted, it just proved that Barkley's one of the guy. He's a guy. He's a guy. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Wow, this is just this is un- I'm looking at the uh, Washington Post at a It's a, a story wonderful on. story. It's a wonderful story. How these two goofballs became best of friends. Isn't that crazy? It's just wonderful. Wow. You know what Barkley was doing? Wasn't taking any chances. He wasn't no. taking, <laughs> he wasn't taking any chances. He wasn't at all. he was he was not gonna take the risk. Not gonna take the risk. God, that's charming. Mm-hmm. And just, but see, that's the, at that time, 
uh, whether it's Barkley and Lin Wang or McCartney, that's when their guard is down. They're mm-hmm. they're not, uh, you know, people. I mean, maybe Lin fanned out for the first thirty seconds, but maybe Charles put him at ease, and they just started talking about stuff rather than remember when you had uh, four triple double. You know, that no, kind none of, of stuff. that. Well, no, no, they were friends that had nothing. There were <laughs> it was founded on the fact that Wang was a, a big NBA fan and a Barkley fan, but their friendship had nothing to do with basketball. We'll have to ask Pat next time he's on because remember Pat has the great Barkley story from when he covered the Dream Team yep. in the Olympics and how Barkley was at the the hotel bar. I, I won't do it any justice. We'll have to ask Patrick about it. But there's another story very similar to that about Barkley just being a guy. Well, you learn some interesting things about Barkley in the story written by Wang's daughter. Because Wang would, if he would, Barkley gave him three cities. If you're ever in New York... Uh, L.A. or wherever else, call me, we'll get together. And they mm. always did through the years. Uh, and then Wang would occasionally go to New York or wherever the set. What What's Barkley's uh, television show? The NBA on TNT. The NBA on TNT. And Barkley had a, or a Wang had a standing invitation to just be there anytime he wanted. And we learned that Barkley's a clean freak. He would keep a, a, a container of what are those wipes called? Baby wipes. Uh, well, not only, you know, some kind of antiseptic yeah, wipe. Uh, and and uh, Wang said he's always cleaning his desk. He'd just clean the desk all the time, <laughs> have it ready to go. <laughs> well, anyway. Charles Barkley and the USA Dream Team were heavy favorites, 60-point favorites over Angola. I Barkley so. elbowed a guy in the fourth quarter of a 75-point victory, and he, after the game said, bleep Angola. <laughs> 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 he didn't care uh, how much better they were bleep Angola. You know, you, you know Barkley's so big now, you forget that he's 6'6". Six, six. Yeah. Where did he, he play? He was Auburn, wasn't Auburn, he? Auburn, yeah. yeah. And he doesn't like uh, security detail because he wants to beat up the people himself. That was his quote. <laughs> he doesn't have security guards because he wants to beat the people up himself. Well, oh. anyway, anyway, there was some, uh, there was just some great stuff. We'll be right back in just a moment, please. You learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Suchere. I hope this is the last of the uh, Budweiser uh, controversy. First, Reavers said that he knew Budweiser referred to as diesel. The diesel. And then other people weighed in, including Scott Mature in Montana, who's been around beer all his life as a brewer and a judge and the whole deal, restaurateur, chef, the whole deal. He said, never heard of that in my life. And other people weighed in and said, never heard of that in my life. And so we're back to square. uh, We're back to square one and Reavers back down and said, well, I guess it was just a fair bowl thing. Right? Yep. Yep. Now we're back to where Reavers is right. Oh. Oh, really? What are you looking at? Uh, I just got an email, so I wanted to make sure it wasn't uh, show-worthy. Mayor and staff, born and raised in St. Paul and have always known the original Budweiser as the Diesel. Re- never heard of it. That's from Joe Stark. Braden on Twitter. Reavers, you're not alone on the Budweiser debate. I'm from Lionel Lakes and have always known Bud as diesel fuel in my eight years of legal drinking. Even the parents of friends know it as diesel. Just surveyed people at work and... 
Everyone knows what that is. That's from Braden. Corey writes, hi again, Chris. Don't let the rest of the staff or the GL resident chef and former beer judge burst your chops too ba- bust your chops too bad about calling Budweiser diesel. Bud Heavy is my choice of suds, and I've been calling it diesel or Bud Heavy since high school, which was almost 20 years ago. Up in White Bear Lake, it's pretty common with guys at the Legion, 617, and other local pubs. Maybe the term's use is proportionate to how far away you are from the country's tallest buildings. I can't find anything on Twitter concerning that. Uh, Sean also tweets the GL Podcast Twitter account and myself. The term diesel was also well-known in the Goodhue area. You are not alone. Hi, Chris. My name is Nick, and I'm a student at the U of M. I listen to Garage Logic whenever I have time, but don't catch every show. Today, I heard the discussion about Budweiser being called diesel, and though I didn't hear the original conversation, I had some input that might help. Contrary to what your counterparts thought, this is not a term just in your hometown. College students drink a lot of beer, and usually it's something light, such as Bud Light, Natural Light, etc. However, there are some select few guys, usually on the beefier side with beards, who enjoy drinking uh, full-on heavy beers like Budweiser. They consider Budweiser a heavy beer? These guys don't drink craft beer then, no, do they? No, they don't. I guess it's just not light. Due to the heavy nature of this drink, and again, I'm I'm somewhat surprised to think that someone could think a regular Budweiser is heavy, uh, it is often referred to as a diesel, as in, that guy drinks diesels only, or I'll have a diesel. Please share this with Joe Nick. Okay. I guess I guess diesel is more common than we ever gave it credit for. Pretty inside, though, wouldn't you just say, I'll have a Budweiser? And it might not be very inside. We were phrasing as a Faribault term where I grew up, but it it might be more rural to call it a diesel. Well, you know, by that token, uh, I would imagine that there are special names for all brands of beer. Of course. That's why beer's fun. Give me a Heine. Well, no, I mean, you know, something better than Heine. Oh, give me a butt. Special X probably had a name. Uh, the Green Death. That's I think why, it was. I think it was the Green Death. That's why Summit's got their nickname for the tap room. They call it the Rat Skeller. Rat mm-hmm. Yeah, Green Death because it would you would you would get there rather quickly. Why? <laughs> what was it? A uh, a more potent beer? Special X? I don't think so. Look at yeah. If you're a beer drinker, you've <laughs> never lived in a greater time. Oh my God. Uh, the Special X days are long gone. The stuff, the stuff being created today is so extraordinary compared to what we grew up, what I grew up with. It's hard to even fathom. Well, and uh, me and and uh, many of my coworkers conducting a science experiment at the Highland Theater about how long will a special X stay in the ice machine in the basement right. without freezing? Right. And we had our own, you know, kind of like unofficial science experiment. Well, it was research. Research. And then how fast can you slide it down without getting a freeze headache? Right. And, uh, you know, those were, that was, that helped me later on in life. Every time I drive by that theater, that's all I think about. <laughs> those were. The hijinks being know, had by you clowns. Those were good times. <laughs> Weren't uh, you about 15, though? I think I was 21, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I'm sure you were. Uh, yeah. I remember my, my dad at the time. Uh, my dad lost his job, okay? Your dad at the time, which makes it sound as though right. you had a number of dads. No, at the at the time that we did what I'm about to tell, what I'm about to tell you, <laughs> we had uh, my dad was unemployed and had a paper out, okay? So just okay. to make a little extra money, he sure. he would get up early and he said, "I'm going to go deliver papers." Yep. And um so we had maybe played some cards at the Highland Theater late night, me and some several buddies. Yeah. And not that our card game was done at about 
4.30 in the morning, right. we decided it would be a good idea to grab some dice on the sidewalk and just shoot some shoot some dice <laughs> as if our card game wasn't enough and, right. and had social we were we're playing some dice and and I it, and I didn't do we left and I went home and and my dad you know I came home later on that day and my dad said you know I got to ask you a question let me ask you I uh, were you I drove by the Highland Theater at about 4:30 in the morning this morning to go get my papers were you by chance one of the gentlemen that was Rolling dice outside on, and on gambling. The sidewalk. And uh, I said, you know, Dad, yeah. He said, you know, I, I really, this is one of the most proudest parental moments in my life that you were on Cleveland Avenue playing dice at 4.30 in the morning. It's quite a, it's quite I a was, reputation. I wasn't it? proud of that, yeah. And that was after the Orange Popsicle story. I don't want to hear that one. That's one of the best. I was going out is with- a long story? No. <laughs> dating my wife. She would drop me off and go home to Arden Hills where she lived. And then I, she would call me when she got home, and I was. Shouldn't little, that have been a sign to her that, that she was hauling you around? It was time to run. Well, everything we did was in the city. Sure. So I would I wait downstairs in the basement, and I decided to have an orange popsicle. What are you, the gimp? Well, I, I was in the. I, I didn't want the phone to ring loud because it might have been eleven thirty at night. So I had the popsicle. I talked to her. Good night. You made it home safe. Okay. Okay. And I finished the popsicle, and then the next thing I remember is my dad coming downstairs. And another proud parental moment. Kicking me on the side, kind of, hey, hey, what's going on here? And I, I fell asleep. What's on your shirt? What's that orange? He basically, what's that orange crap on your shirt? And there was an empty popsicle <laughs> stick and a, a pool of orange. So I only <laughs> it was a double one. So I only ate the first one, and the last one just melted on my shirt as I probably passed. You know, out. you said you said he gave you a little kick to wake you up. Yeah. There was a generation of fathers. That's how they woke kids up. Uh, my old man would kick the end of the bed. He he, hey. he he put his foot on the end of the bed and shake it till he finally had to wake up. That's how they did it. They, dad, far be it from them to calmly and lovingly touch you. Right. They had to right. kick the end of the bed. Well, my dad had a whistle, too, if he was outside. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. If you heard that, you would magically wake up and, oh, Lord. Those were the days, hey. huh? You want to do another hour? Sure. All I right. certainly do. Why not? Why not? GarageLogic.com is where you can find everything GarageLogic via the podcast and Greg Holcomb's wonderful, entertaining cartoons, what's on Joe's bookshelf, and whatever else you want to learn about GarageLogic as we continue to form this podcast. If you also would like to rate us on Apple iTunes, we'd appreciate that. We'd like to know how we're doing, and we want to get the word out as well. Garage Logic podcast version, you're one click away from the next subject matter with Mr. Sushering. <laughs>